This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. One of the big questions is, what is money? practical purposes, it exists in a series of uh, heterogeneous databases, very different databases. Do you believe in crypto? Digital currency may be an answer. But it is the highly speculative asset. Uh, I do own Bitcoin. There is no second best. Welcome to the Crypto Curious Podcast, designed to help you navigate the dynamic world of cryptocurrency. Hello, my name's Tracy, and as always, I'm joined by my pals, Blake and Craig. Hey, guys, how are you going? Hey, Trace, pretty well. Great to be here again. Hey, Trace, very excited for this one. Yes, I know you are. Today, we are covering a topic that I know Craig, for one, is very excited about, and that is NFTs. This is a weird and wonderful world, and there's a lot to unpack and explain. And we'll start with the number one burning question... What the hell is an NFT? The actual definition is a non-fungible token. And if you're thinking I have no fungible idea, then that's okay. That's why we're here today, guys. What do you think? Yeah, NFTs have a real buzz around them right now. People are paying hundreds of thousands of dollars for internet pictures, for JPEGs essentially, sometimes with just a word in a box or a pixelated punk. People are trading them like Pokemon cards. Some people are making tens of thousands of dollars, but also some people are probably losing tens of thousands of dollars. So it's a really crazy space. Yeah, no, it's pretty strange to watch. I was not a believer when I first heard about them, uh, mainly because I didn't really, I don't think I really understood what they are and what the technology means. What did you think about them, Trace? And uh, do you want to tell us about your, your first NFT? Well, to be honest, I didn't even know I was engaging with NFTs when I was first engaging with NFTs, which was about three years ago. I was given the tip about something called Zedrun, which was a digital horse racing platform. So, yeah, almost three years ago to this Christmas, I jumped online on open seas and started to buy a few of these digital racehorses. So I got myself a stable and, yeah, started purchasing these virtual horses, um, which was fun. I'm a little bit of a gambler at heart. And then, yeah, at the time I didn't even know that these were actual NFTs. And then fast forward to, you know, 2021 and these are being mentioned by, you know, Hamish and Andy and Zed Run is an Australian startup which is, is doing exceptionally well right now. They've even just recently partnered with Victoria Racing and they ran a virtual Melbourne Cup race. So, you know, that's pretty amazing. Groups like the NBA have started creating digital playing cards and I think we're going to see, you know, more sporting clubs and, um, and different sports embrace this technology to create digital products. Yeah, there's a lot of hype. You know, we've got the gaming, we've got the cards, 
But, you know, it's also breaching out to music. Yeah, I think there's definitely a lot of things that we can touch on there. But for now, let's explain exactly what an NFT is and what it actually means. NFT stands for non-fungible token, which means it's a unique token on the blockchain that is non-fungible meaning it has its own unique characteristics and the ownership can be verified and recorded. Now, this is different to Bitcoin because Bitcoins are not uniquely identifiable. Every Bitcoin is the same and interchangeable. Also, Bitcoins are fractional, meaning you can sell a portion of a Bitcoin rather than one full one. You're not really supposed to cut up an NFT into fractional parts. You're meant to sell the whole NFT. Yeah, NFTs rose to popularity through online art. Now, if you think about traditional art, the reason the Mona Lisa in the Louvre in Paris is worth so much is because that's the original. Now, there are copies on postcards, magnets, calendars, but that's not the original painted by da Vinci in the Louvre. With the use of NFTs, we are able to verify and confirm the ownership and legitimacy of digital artwork using the blockchain. Well, maybe just to summarize on that, you know, NFTs mean that people can create art that's verifiable. You know, you can copy someone's photograph online and use it for all sorts of purposes. People do that every day, but it's not the original. So it loses a sense of its value because you can't prove its scarcity. Now, NFTs, you can prove that it's the original and that it's actually scarce. And then therefore you can attribute real value to it. And the technology overall is a game changer. And I think it's important to touch on the philosophy. The reason that it's so important is that until now, we have not had the opportunity to create something truly unique and unreplicable on the internet. And this has far-reaching implications for the digital world. Now you can not only prove that you created something, but you can own something in the digital world. I gave an example of digital collectible baseball cards, but this can extend to music, research papers, capital raising, and even verifying your identity. And we'll explore these um, with a little bit more context later on. But, um, you know, what I think is the most important point is now people can flex and be flamboyant with their wealth online. Since the beginning of culture, humans have been able to publicly display their wealth from clothing to art to expensive property and rare collectible items. However, this hasn't been technically possible to do on the internet because people can just right click and copy and paste. And because we haven't been able to prove or verify something's authenticity or scarcity however now we have the technology to do this and it's going to be fascinating to see how it flourishes and evolves over the next decade that's amazing i mean we've gone from talking about art and collectibles and you've touched on things there like putting research on there and capital raising in your own identity i think you know the possibilities are endless which is pretty amazing but if we go back a moment to art which is all which is kind of where this has all started and we we probably should talk about the two different types of arts and collectibles and i'll get get you craig to maybe drill down into the you know the one of the kinds and maybe the collectibles and how that's set out yeah i went to an art show a few months ago where i saw physical art but you know they had a little sign that said buy it as an NFT with a QR code. So these real life artists are, you know, really keen to get involved in this space. And I think the main reason is the unsold royalties. Now, think about real life. If I paint a picture and Tracy buys it and Tracy wants to unsell it to Blake, I have no way of knowing what's going on after I give it to Tracy. She could sell it for 10 times more than what I the time it took me to paint it. 
Now, with NFTs, I can actually code into the smart contract and say, Tracy, you can resell this to Blake, but I will get a 10% royalty on your sale. Now, this has massive implications for artists. Not only are they earning each time it's resold, but now their beneficiaries like their children or their grandchildren can earn when it gets resold. So it's really interesting to see how it plays out. I'm just really interested to get this painting. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm sorry, as you're saying that, I'm just thinking about all the all the kids or all the people at uni that told their parents that they were going to be artists and all the parents that were saying, there's no money in being an artist. And now you can turn around and say, well, hey, there's going to be money being an artist now. Yeah, it's it's brilliant. But yeah. that's sort of that's sort of one type of art, a one of a kind NFT art. This is mostly where artists, like I mentioned in the exhibition show, they have a bit of a following and they're selling one of a kind digital pieces to people or their community. Now that's one type. The second type is collectibles. And this is the really interesting ones for the everyday NFT collector. So CryptoPunks, they were a collection of 10,000 pixelated punks. Now, literally punks with mohawks, cigarettes, and they're all pixelated. They actually came out for free a few years ago when Ethereum was starting up. Now, they all have their own unique traits. Some have hats, some have different clothes, some are even aliens. And they were one of the first NFT pieces on Ethereum. And now they are going for hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars. It's not just because of the art. It's also the community and being in a club. CryptoPunks is a status symbol in crypto now. I actually saw a poll on Twitter that said, you know, it said, what would you rather, a Lambo or a CryptoPunk? And more people voted for CryptoPunk because it's seen as more of a... Did um, you start that poll? Was that you that started that poll? <laughs> no, I didn't start that poll, but... Um, Yeah, so that's one reason. It's sort of a wealth status symbol, but it's also the community and being in a club. Now, one of the biggest NFT projects, it could be the second or third biggest, is called Bored Ape Yacht Club. Now, these are just pictures of bored apes. They look bored. Some of them have (laughs) sailor hats on. Some of them have suits on. and And you actually get exclusive perks from owning one. They actually had a festival called Ape Fest in New York where you had to prove you owned a bored ape to get access to events, parties. So it's actually translating now to real world use. Craig, I could just imagine all the nerds at the Bored Ape Yacht Club party. (laughs) 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 I know, right? It's too funny. Oh, my gosh. Look, before you go any further, I've got a bit of a tidbit to add here. With the CryptoPunks, just a couple of weeks ago, the to, to date right now, the, the highest selling NFT was actually a CryptoPunk, which sold on 28th of October for $530 million. So when we scratch the surface a little bit further, they noticed that it was actually the person who owned it selling it to um, themselves. So if you, obviously the blockchain's open so you can see what's happened. So we're not sure what that was, but it may have been a publicity stunt. But whatever it was, it did bring a lot of attention to the CryptoPunk. So it looks like it's gone from one wallet to the other. So he sold himself a CryptoPunk for $530 million. So was that you too, Craig? Was that, was that one of yours? <laughs> no, not mine. Sorry. <laughs> it might be a really good point to premise all this with why people you know, want to collect these things. And you know, throughout 
the period of time, people have collected all sorts of things from coins to Barbie dolls to Pokemon cards. And people do it, you know, because of the community, because it's rare, because it's fun. And it's like a hobby. And this can now extend to the digital world. And I think um, because it's the first iteration of what we've done traditionally for so long in the digital world, that's probably why it's gained so much traction over the last 12 to 18 months. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Everyone's always collected something some way or another and this is just another aspect and and there's another really big aspect of NFT space and that's gaming, which is huge. So, Blake, do you want to talk a little bit more about this side of things? Yeah, gaming is such a massive industry, right? There's billions of people playing every day. Um, However, traditionally gaming has been siloed to individual games. For example, you can't earn and buy things in game and then take them out of that particular game and and sell them or you know use them within other games um, but now with the advent of this technology where you know you can transfer an nft for example a sword nft that you earned in one game and then use it in another game or even a love potion you know that you've spent a lot of time collecting and earning it really opens up the possibilities in these digital worlds or these metaverses um, in a way that they previously haven't Um, and you know nfts allow people to buy trade move these valuable items between different games and different metaverses Um, it's no longer you know, the gaming companies that are collecting all the revenue from the sale of these items. Now people can, you know, trustlessly or, you know, on these platforms, on these marketplaces, sell these NFTs to one another um, and generate revenue from their hard work. And the implications of this are huge. And what we're starting to see is, you know, people in the Philippines playing, you know, these pay to play or these pay to earn games called for example, Axie Infinity is one of them, where they can spend their days mining and earning things in these games and making a living off them because they can then sell them and transfer them and use them for all sorts of things. And it's just fascinating to watch how the technology is evolving. Yeah, that's right, Blake. It's pretty crazy how if you think about the traditional games like Sims or RuneScape, where you used to buy swords or you could buy a house on Sims, now with these play-to-earn games, you could buy a sword on Axie Infinity and then resell the sword for these crypto tokens. And then you can sell the crypto tokens for dollars and, you know, go on a holiday. So, it's, it's um, the implications are just, you know, it's really fascinating to watch. But another way that NFTs are being used is what you mentioned before, Blake, is sports. Now, sporting cards in the 90s, the 2000s, these are really, you know, a big deal for some sports fans. You know, think about if you bought a Michael Jordan rookie card, you could probably now sell that for a couple of thousand. Now, with the NBA, they have actually brought out their own digital cards with iconic moments on them. And these are collectibles to basketball fans. And it's, and you know, for these companies, it's turning into another revenue stream. Yeah, look, I think, you know, you've touched on gaming and then sports and I think we can't go any further without also mentioning music because in the same vein, this is a complete game changer for how musicians are going to earn their revenue. They no longer need the big record companies who take, you know, 50% of their profits, you know, and there's people getting involved already like 
Grimes, Kings of Leon, like Slipknot did it just on the weekend, right? They need X amount of money to release their next album. They did a small concert somewhere. They sold 50,000 NFTs of that concert to people that were paid squillions because they released a brand new track during it. And that's just a whole other revenue stream or way for them to make money. Yeah. Well, it's like if, if, you know, Slipknot concerts would sell out in two minutes. Now Slipknot can earn money if they sell out in two minutes, but, you know, Tracy resells to Blake for double the price. Slipknot can earn a royalty off that too. So It, it might be a really important um, point to make is that piracy has been a massive issue in the music industry. People can just rip and, you know, replicate music very easily and, you know, then no money at all goes back to um, the artist. Whereas NFTs can't be duplicated or copied, they're unique and verifiable, and in that sense, um, might you know retain some more money for for the artists. And it gives, and I think it builds on that community too. It gives you more interaction with the artists that you're involved in too, and builds that community out a bit further. Let's hear from our sponsors. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Moving on, why don't we talk about which NFTs that we have bought? Have you guys want to chat or do you guys want to chat about what NFTs you're currently holding? Mm, I just own one NFT and it's called an Axie and it basically looks like a little Pokemon and it's used to play the Axie Infinity games. Um, you actually need three Axies to be able to play. So I've only brought one and um, don't know which other ones to select because there's thousands of them. Um, but yeah, I'll be um, definitely getting a couple more over the coming weeks so I can start playing. Me and Craig were, me and Craig were looking at getting an Axie ship at some point a couple of months ago, which we probably should have done if we had known at the time. Um, we didn't follow through. What have you got, Craig? I know you've got – actually, you know what? Don't tell us everything you've got. Just pick your top three, no, okay? We don't yeah. want to hear everything. Well, my first <laughs> NFT, I actually minted, which we'll get into later what minted means, but I minted a Degen Ape on Solana, and these were pretty much just like pictures of these apes. Mine had a pharaoh hat. <laughs> And he had um, a basketball shirt on. And I actually sold it. It was actually turned out to be way rarer than I thought. And I sold oh, was it. Was this your bird one? Was this your. Yeah, the, your, yeah, um, the Larry Bird one. Your Larry Bird one. Oh. And I sold it for too cheap. So, like. Too cheap. I was, too, I was a bit upset about it, but, you know, it is what it is. Now I just have random, like, have a few French bulldogs. I have a few apes on Ethereum. So, um. Yeah, I'm just planning to hold them. I might get involved with the Z Run horses um, if anyone's keen. Um, but yeah, 
It sounds like you have a bit of a gallery going there, Craig. Um, yeah. Nice, nice work. <laughs> actually, now that you've mentioned the gallery, that's that's a whole other tangent. But you can actually go into some of these other um, metaverses or lands like Decentraland and buy a plot and have your own gallery to hang your NFTs. It's fascinating how these digital worlds are evolving, and you know, to allow people to do stuff like that. Another example that we thought we should cover is around research. You know, this over the last couple of weeks, we've hear, heard some media come about where a guy has used an NFT to raise capital to do independent research. And the, all the proceeds from the research paper would be distributed to the person who bought the NFT. And in this sense, he got the money um, through the sale of the NFT to do the research, and then the beneficiary gets all the proceeds. So it's creating these new business models that just previously weren't present or were very difficult to administer. Yeah, that's really awesome. And in the same vein um, as research, we can look at charities. So Jack Dorsey's first ever tweet uh, was sold as an NFT and that went earlier in the year for $2.9 million. And he actually donated the proceeds of that to a COVID release fund, which I thought was pretty cool. And another one worth mentioning And I don't know all the details, so it might not be completely correct here, but a group did a bunch of NFT collectibles, which were little koalas that they called drop bears. And they were cool looking little critter cartoons. And all the proceeds to that went to the poor little koala bears that got hurt in the bushfire so mm. so that was so that was pretty cool i think it, i think it was just some of the proceeds but yeah no some of the proceeds. it was definitely yeah, definitely yeah. fascinating so interesting and the possibilities you know really are endless um craig you mentioned before minting an nft do you want to explain a little bit further on that there's two ways to get an nft one is minting so minting is essentially when a project starts up they open their website where you can jump in, connect your wallet, and get one of the first NFTs before they hit the open market. Now, minting is when you interact with the smart contract, and the project gives you the tools to create the NFT using their artwork. Now, after you've minted the NFT, you now own this NFT. Sometimes you can get royalties from this NFT. And yeah, normally these mints are really popular. Like, think of it. A real life example is when Kanye drops a sneaker. There's, you know, a thousand people lining up at the sneaker store. And this is sort of the same deal with NFT minting. Now, the second way is actually buying it from a secondary market called OpenSea. OpenSea is like the eBay for Ethereum NFTs. It has a bunch of listings from all different sellers and you can buy directly from them. And all you need is an Ethereum wallet. We actually touched on this a little bit in the Ethereum episode, so if you're not sure what that means, go back and have a listen. But OpenSea allows you to buy and sell with no middle party. Yeah, and OpenSeas is where I started buying my racehorses all those years ago. OpenSeas is huge in the NFT marketplace, and it's where most people are trading all of their NFTs. The trading volume on OpenSeas just for August alone was $3 billion. And looking at it now, they have done almost $10 billion in volume just this year alone. So that's pretty, that's pretty amazing stuff. But let's talk about now why some of these NFTs are worth, you know, hundreds and thousands and millions of dollars and some are only worth a fraction of that. 
It all comes down to how rare these NFTs are and how desirable they are. Some have collectible qualities to them um, and some are extremely scarce, um, which increases their price. Whereas other ones, there's literally thousands of them and they're not particularly special or don't have any real hype around them. So those ones are generally worth a lot less. Yeah, so that's a good point, Blake, when you touched on scarcity. So, for example, the CryptoPunks, the alien CryptoPunks are rare. There's only nine aliens in the 10,000 collection. Now, you can actually go on a website called Rarity Tools where you can see how rare your NFT is and, you know, how scarce a trait that they have is. Now, if you bring this back to the real world, if we look at Michael Jordan's sneakers, I mean, they probably cost 150 bucks. You can get them from Foot Locker. But if you got Michael Jordan match-worn sneakers in his first college game when he was 18, that would be worth a whole lot more because that is scarcity. There's only one pair. You can't get that again. So, yeah, it's really cool to see it translate into the digital world. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good example there. And... I'm going to give you another example of something weird and wacky in this world, but I picked up something called loot maybe six weeks ago when someone said, hey, just jump on this thing here. And what what this NFT effectively is, is a black square box with a few words in there. And this means nothing to me, um, but apparently these words are all synonymous with activities in a game that is yet to be built. And, you know, a couple of these words were hammer and something about a diamond. I don't even know. So I purchased these for the same amount as, you know, you know, filling up my car with fuel. And they were sitting there in my OpenSea account, didn't think much of them. And then, you know, I had a little bing, bing notice someone would like to buy your black square with words in it for, you know, one Ethereum, which <laughs> is mind-blowing. Um, and then in the end, I won't even tell you how much I end up selling one of them for. So that that to me, I didn't know what it was. And, you know, someone else out there sees the rarity possibly, or maybe I shouldn't have sold it for that. Um, you know, th- there's rarity in that. So the eye is in the beholder. Well, you did say you're a gambler at heart, Tracy. So I did say that. Yeah, I did say that. Those who know me know me well. <laughs> um, and I think that story leads us into the pros and cons into this world. So who's taking the cons today? Yeah, I'll take the, the cons because there are uh, some key things that people should be aware of when they're collecting and purchasing these NFTs. And the first thing is liquidity. Often, you know, you can buy these things and um, and then get stuck with them. You know, you can't, no one wants to buy them and then they're worth nothing. So you have to be really careful of that. So it's not always you know, the, the best thing to buy just to make a quick buck. Uh, you'd kind of want to be using these as collectibles as well. And many of them go to zero. And, you know, this is something that's probably not talked about because you hear about all the stories where people make lots of money, but there's also plenty of people that don't make a lot of money out of these. Um, and um, they can be often inflated and overpriced um, and it's hard to know because it's such a new technology if you're paying too much or too little for these things because it is very early. So yeah, just a few things to watch out for. Expanding on what Blake's just said there about copycats, I think 
Craig, you and I were talking about this, and you can probably expand on it a bit more. That there's with your your, your crypto punks and your lines, people copy those because I see them popping up on OpenSea all the time. So people are just making exact copies, and then newbies who don't know anything about this, who maybe just listen to a podcast like ours, ours jump on OpenSea, see a crypto punk there, go and buy it, and then it's not it's not that, is it? No, it's not. Like CryptoPunks is the original artwork. It's made by Lava Labs all those years ago. But you know, a few months ago there was what was it? There was COVID punks, which was pretty much punks with a mask on. There was fast food punks, which were punks that had McDonald's hats on. And, you know, these are all just rip-offs of the original punk. Um, and you're right, Tracy, for the new, you know, the I actually bought a COVID punk and it was worth, you know, it's worth nothing. Um, and, you know, there's many other rip-offs. So it's just important to check, you know, who's the artist behind this, um, you know, what's the community and make sure it's all official before you make your purchase. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. Sorry. On to the, onto the pros, Craig, which I'm sure you have many. Yeah, I, I do agree with Blake on his cons, but there is obviously pros to this space. And as we mentioned before, the play to earn NFT games. Now, that's a real game changer if you're a good gamer. Um, like if you're a really good gamer on Axie Infinity, you can actually earn tokens and earn NFT assets you can sell for cash. Now, I pride myself on being a good FIFA player, and right now I'm just earning fake FIFA coins that, you know, I can't really sell for money, so that's no fun. Um, now, think about it. Eventually, I hope um, FIFA start bringing in NFT capability into their game so I can start earning some money. <laughs> so, that's really cool. Um, yeah, if your thesis is that the world's going digital, you know, we've got Facebook doubling down the metaverse, we've got these crypto punks, these bored apes turning, in, turning into status symbols, you can really capitalize on this trend by getting a pretty cool looking artist early or a, or a cool community, something that you like, you, you know, we're still quite early in this space in the grand scheme of things. Um, and probably the last thing I think the airdrops it's called. So, when you buy a... NFT from an artist, you might actually get airdrops for when they do their next piece of collection. So, I actually bought this one off OpenSea, which was, was like a stick figure from this well-known artist. And now, since he's since he's doing another collection, so that collection was 2,000. Since he's doing his other collection, which is going to have 5,000, he actually gives people who bought his previous collection a free piece of art. So, I think that's pretty cool. Was this guy doing the stick figures a a 12-year-old or is it like an actual artist? Well, he could be. I'm not sure. Could be. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Um, I was going to add in just there as well, which may be a bit of a con, but when you talked about airdrops, um, it made me think about the fact that a lot of really smart artists or people starting out in the community will airdrop their artwork to famous people who are big in the space, like, you know, the Jenners and um, the Ashton Kutchers of the world. They, you know, their, their, their collections are out there for everybody to see. So if you're an artist starting, you'll airdrop your collection or something to that person. So then the regular Joes are looking and saying, oh, you know, Kendall Jenner's holding that piece and then you'll think to go buy it. So that's a really smart way for them to, to promote what they're doing when that person actually hasn't gone out and bought that piece. So... Mm. Well, let's leave it there for today. That was a pretty big show. And if you want to know more about NFTs or anything else that we've spoken about, then please send a question or email to podcast at getbamboo.io or follow us on social media. All those details are in the show notes below. And don't forget to rate and review us in your podcast app. 
And that's it for another episode of Crypto Curious. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Tracy. I'm Blake. I'm Craig. Thanks for joining us. Crypto Curious is a product of Equitymates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. Equitymates gives listeners access to information and educational content provided by a range of financial service professionals. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal or tax advice. The hosts of Crypto Curious are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Equitymates Media does not operate under an Australian financial services license and relies on the exemption available under the Corporations Act of 2001 in respect of any information or advice given. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equitymates website where you can find the ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media and the hosts of Crypto Curious acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to the elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. Okay.